and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast, the first episode of 2023. I'm Illegal86. I have Nerd Bomber and Tectic with me, as always. 2023 is going to be a good year, guys. I have very good You feel it in your bones? Feelings. I feel, I can feel my bones right now. I don't know if I can feel that in there, but I can feel my all my bones. Every year, I start to feel more and more of my bones. That's called aging. How does that work? Like, do you internally feel your bones? Like when you're moving around, you feel them poking around in there? Or are you saying like your skin is getting thinner so you can feel your bones? <laughs> this is a weird I, diversion. I don't to think, but say, you guys are strange. I, I don't think the my skin is getting diversion. any thinner. I think if my skin was getting thinner, I might not notice for a while. But I just what I mean is that like I wake up in the morning and I crack my neck and it sounds like someone's, you know, hitting a picket fence with a baseball bat. So, yeah, we're not going to dwell on any of that. We're going to talk about how great 2023 is going to be. And that starts right here and now with a brand new hot piping fresh online warriors episode. We're going to be talking about some IP that has entered public domain in the year 2023. And this is, you know, relevant considering that one of our I think we talked about the Winnie the Pooh horror movie twice uh, in 2022 because when the poo entered public domain so people can kind of do whatever they want with it there's a similar thing going on here or at least potentially there's a similar thing going on so we'll get to that we're also going to talk national treasure and those who have listened for a while or really maybe even not that long know that i'm a big national treasure fan and so we'll get into that as well and then we're going to be talking a little bit about a new documentary that has just been announced for disney plus i'm going to upfront say for those i'm some most people have probably noticed by now I don't know if you guys notice. I'm losing my voice. I, I think the process has begun. I think I should maintain vocal abilities for the duration of this recording, but it may be touch and go. Look, I celebrated the new year. I was at a wedding. So I don't know. I guess I shouted wedding a bunch. I don't even know what happened, but a little bit louder bear with now? me on that. I don't know if there was any... Well, I'm trying to think. What? I definitely was singing something at one point. I don't know if it was if it was shout. But I was like, I, it was one of those moments where I was like, you know what, I'm going to blow my voice out and that's just what's going to happen. You know, it was like, I'm just going to mo- blast through that and do it and uh, deal with the consequences later. And then it brings us to now. I'm going to say you sound raspy in like a good way. So keep it up. Ooh. It kind of, it kind of lowers everything. So I feel like I have a, a bit richer of a tone, but uh, I don't know. Listeners can be the judge. At, at OWLE86, do I sound better? Should I lose my voice more often? Let me know on Twitter. Let's talk about National Treasure to start. Because we talked again, in 2022, we talked about National Treasure because there was a show that was announced. I think it was D23 that we talked about that. And that, sh- that show is currently out. Uh, National Treasure, Edge of History, 10 episode original series. I don't, it started in mid-December. So I, I'm sure there aren't 10 episodes out yet. I have not watched a single one. Are you planning to? I don't, no, I don't want to. <laughs> I I guess I shouldn't say that I'm not planning to. I'm just like, at the very least, I'm putting it off because I'm upset that there isn't a National Treasure 3. Fast forward to now. Pause for dramatic effect. Right. Justin Bartha, for those who don't know that, that name, Justin Bartha uh, plays Riley in National Treasure 1 and National Treasure 2, and he is in the series as well, playing Riley. So he apparently has read a script. He said there have been a few different scripts for National Treasure 3. And, and I'm quoting directly now. He said there have been a few different scripts, actually. But the one thing that has to happen is for all the stars to align. Now, I don't really know. Some people might take that to in the literal sense of like star, like literally movie stars like Nicolas Cage. I can't imagine that that's true. I, I have to imagine if they asked Nicolas Cage to do it, he would be like, yes, 
where do I sign? Nick Cage has done some like really weird stuff lately. Not necessarily weird, bad, but just like weird. So I have to imagine that if this was like a legitimate thing and they approached him, like, would he say no? He's done like, what was that Five Nights at Freddy's sort of movie? I I think it might be called Willy's Wonderland. Something Wonderland. I heard it's good, actually, but I haven't seen it. But like, dude is doing that. So what would preclude him from doing National Treasure 3? It's scheduling, maybe. I mean, he's putting out, he's filming so many movies a year <laughs> that maybe they're like, we can't squeeze you in. But I would imagine they're going to pay him more money than any of those movies would. So I can't imagine it's a Nicolas Cage issue. I don't know, you know, if they feel like they desperately need to get back, like some of the minor players, like John Voight, uh, who was in the first two. Actually, it wasn't Dame Judi Dench. Uh, Helen Mirren was in the second one. That could potentially be problematic, I guess. But I don't know. Diane Kruger, maybe. I don't think it's a personnel issue. I'm guessing if there's been a few different scripts, maybe they can't get the script right. But yes, I want this. I mean, I I think that should come kind of without question. I want this to happen. I'm immediately concerned that it's going to make me have to watch the show. Like it's, this is again, one of those cases with Disney plus where it's like, I I wonder if we're getting this news now and if they're going to start pushing on national treasure three, because that's going to draw traffic to the show because people are going to watch the show because they think it might, they might have to, right? It might be a requirement for the movie to make sense. Oh, I think even if it isn't a requirement, you know, they're going to be coy about the relationship between the show and yes. the movie just so that people think they have to. Yeah, it's, right. it's going to almost feel like you're, you're being punished for not watching it and then you're going to watch it and you're going to go, you sons of guns. Yeah, there might be like, a small, tiny little Easter egg that really doesn't make an impact. And you're going to be like, that's all? I wasted so much time just to watch this? Yeah. You know, my relationship with Disney Plus is, at this point, very publicly contentious. Where I'm at with it right now is I I got about halfway through Andor, and Andor was really good, the parts that I watched. And then I kind of just fell off the wagon, not because the show wasn't good. So I may revisit that. I also actually heard that, and I don't know if you guys have watched it, I heard the Santa Clauses was good. It was. It was really yeah. good. Okay, yeah. And I, so you're the second people to group of people to say this to me, and I'm as surprised as I was the first time I heard it. I don't understand how that could be true. You have to get through because I think. Did you say? Were you the one who said that you watched like the first episode and you were like immediately no? Was that you? No, I didn't watch any of it uh, again because I have a I have a moral disagreement with the uh, the premise of the like the fact that the show exists <laughs> well Which, i would you know, say like, maybe like, my fault the first episode it comes off very cringy yeah the first episode comes off a little cringy maybe even the first two like it feels very like tim allen is a little bit out of touch with reality but they actually play into that and the rest of the season is actually really pretty good yeah so the, the other people that told me that it was good they had just watched the third one for the first time and they were like okay that that wasn't good but let's try the show so uh, my theory was that the third movie being so bad made the show look good but you're you're saying it just it maybe it just has a slow start and it's it, it's just plain old good it's very now, it's, i feel like it's too late for me to watch it because christmas is over nah you still maybe time. i mean i think it's one of those things and we talked about this a little bit i think on the uh the last episode but it's one of those shows where I mean, it's not going to be a pinnacle of television. Like, no one's going to nominate it for any awards. But for what it is, like, it's more in the vein of the original Santa Claus movie. It's just like a feel-good Christmas show. And, like, you don't think too hard about it because it's cheesy. Any Christmas movie or show is going to be cheesy. But it's a lot better than I expected it to be. Yeah, it's... And actually, this is not a what are you up to 
I wasn't planning on talking about it for my what are you up to. I just watched the movie Four Christmases for the first time. I, I have a set of like kind of a stable of Christmas movies that I go back to every year. And it's rare for me to add a new movie to the mix. But whenever I do, and this was another example of like, you have to go into it with, like you said, the expectation of like this, there's no universe in which this should be taken seriously. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm willing to give the Santa Clauses a chance again, maybe not this year, but getting back to National Treasure. I guess I have I have a group of friends that are like they're really into as weird as it sounds into the National Treasure movies and we've talked before about what would National Treasure be what would the big set piece be right like in the first one spoiler alert although really it's not they steal the Declaration of Independence in the second one they kidnap the president so I'm sure what they've been thinking about this entire time with National Treasure three is how do you top kidnapping the president from a national security slash treasure hunting kind of combo maneuver the the idea that i know i pitched at one point was they need to rob fort knox but that feels more like a heist movie than it like yeah. national treasure is 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 so unique in the sense that it is kind of a heist. like the a big part of the first movie in particular is a heist but it doesn't feel like a heist movie and it doesn't fit into that category so it's very hard to place the vibe like you kind of have to just like figure out what is a cool national landmark like, so, like in the second one they use mount rushmore like you're you know, more into you the to, show than i am do they ever touch on like aliens or any of that stuff they did they do very briefly in the second one in the book of secrets there's stuff about aliens and that's the other thing we have to remember the end of national treasure 2 directly sets up a national treasure 3 for those who don't remember, he gets the Book of Secrets and he has to read through it to find the location. So I can't remember the details, but the president tells him where the Book of Secrets is. And then later he meets with the president at the end of the movie. And the president says, like, did you see what was on page 47? And we should talk about that, basically. And Nicolas Cage is like, yes, I did. It's life changing. So that's what the third movie is about. So they it's but that's gotta like 100% be like Area 51 then. And I feel like that well, would actually they, but, be relevant. But they mention... But they mention Area 51 separately. Like when they're flipping through it, Riley's like, oh, Area 51, stop there, stop there. And he's like, no, 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 I have to focus and do what I need to do. So they show a scene where he's looking at page 47 and it's presumably a different thing. But yeah, Area 51 would make sense. Definitely. Like it's it's going to be something like that. Or it's going to be something like, I don't know. The other thing they mentioned in the Book of Secrets is the Kennedy assassination. But I don't know how you really make a treasure hunt out of that. Unless, like, something is buried with JFK's bones or something. I don't know what you, like, it's such a weird... something, like, with a JFK museum, you know? There's a ton of stuff that you could find there that could potentially be hidden. And again, that's another culturally relevant thing, because didn't they release... At some point, I I might be making this up. This might be one of those things where it, like, happened in my head, but not in real life. But I thought at one point, didn't they talk about how they were going to release, like, the JFK files or something like that? Well, there was a whole... I think it's called the Warren Commission. But again, don't quote me on that. There was some commission about, like, investigating the whole thing. They, yeah, eventually released a bunch of documentation. But... Yeah, like like some museum, right? You have to pick like the, like the Smithsonian or something, or like maybe they go to Ellis Island. Like you know, there, there's you have to find a location that like they go to Ellis Island and there's a hidden basement in Ellis Island, and it has I don't know George Washington's teeth and there's letters on it. Like it's like how do you? It, it's so interesting. It's like how do you write those movies? I, it fascinates me to think about. And also the other thing, question that haunts me is why would you so clearly and so linearly set up a third movie 
with that teaser and then never make it like i well that had to be something to do with like budgets and i feel like disney went through a lot of changes around the time that the second movie was released like directionally i feel like a lot of things just changed because they when did they buy like marvel and stuff like that was it around oh i think it it was well after this was i think i i think the second one came out in like 2007 or something has it really been been that long i'll google it now i mean it's been a long time And, and the thing that i don't understand is these movies made so much money i mean they were because they're, they're it's a for me it's the perfect example of a crowd-pleasing movie right it's a family film that you take all the kids to buy a bunch of tickets like they were super successful it was 2007 i just looked it up so how do you not immediately like uh, um, the mummy is another example of like the mummy when the first mummy came out again one of my favorite movies it came out in 1999 the day it premiered the studio called the the director and said we need to start working on a second one we need it because they could see how successful it was and how successful it was going to be. I can't believe, especially again, considering what the script was, they didn't get everybody together the next day after National Treasure 2 came out and made a billion dollars. And they were like, okay, like, <laughs> keep going. I, I just, I don't get that. But, uh, you know, hopefully we get one. I, I think is, is really all we can say about it at this point. And hopefully we get the major players back. Nicolas Cage would certainly be a must. Uh, I would say Riley Poole, also a must. Diane Kruger, probably a must. I think anyone else is probably a nice to have. So it shouldn't be hard to get those people in place. But we will know when we know. And right now we don't know. But it sounds like there's there have been scripts out and they're they're in the works. It may it, it may have been a directional change within Disney. I don't I mean I don't know when Marvel and Star Wars all those acquisitions happened, but I do know it was much later. But that doesn't mean there wasn't some shakeup somewhere that Hollywood production can be weird and political and like I don't know maybe someone just didn't like somebody else and so something got canned. I mean, shoot, look at what's happening with DC and even Disney now. Yeah, it's apparently hard to uh, make movies even when they seem on paper to be surefire. <laughs> success like juggernauts but i don't know we will see uh but we'll, we'll, we'll see if if justin bartha is being truthful or if he's just pulling our legs i guess we're gonna uh stick with disney plus here actually because we, we were just talking about disney plus at some length because of the national treasure show and disney plus just announced uh something else that i think is sure to be a a crowd pleaser now all we got for this was i think it was like a 25 second kind of teaser for a stan lee documentary now, I think the idea itself is a slam dunk. I'm sure it's been in production or at least, you know, in talks probably since he passed, which at this point, aren't we going on two or three years since that happened? I don't actually know yeah, when I he passed so. away. So I don't know legality wise or like, you know, what sort of red tape there was about like how long do you need to wait for dust to settle before making a documentary about somebody. But the, I thought the trailer was very interesting um, because it was really a compilation of all of his Marvel cameos. What I, I think say, that's neat, but I it, hope it's, really it's more than that. Like, yeah, I really exactly. want them to exactly. go back. Like, one of the things, and I always find this very interesting, like, the original superhero comic era, where it was just, like, comic strips in, like, the newspapers still. Because didn't... I'm trying to think back in the day, but, like, wasn't, like, Superman and Batman, weren't they originally just, like, comic strips? Like, it wasn't until a little bit la- later that it started being developed into, like, whole, like, books, you know? And well, this is exactly, I don't know. And I want to know. Like, I, I, like, I, I really hope they lean into that and give us like his early life, because I think there's so much like he is one of like the fathers of modern comic books in terms of, you know, the format that we get and even just like superheroes in general. And I want to see that. I don't want to just see like MCU Marvel juggernaut Stanley. I just wish that 
and and they might do right by it, but I just wish that it wasn't on Disney Plus. And the reason why I say that is because with it being on Disney, you can kind of like not be allowed to talk about certain things because of, you know, different intellectual properties. A good part of that like career that he's had was rivalries with other comic book companies like DC. And I'm wondering if Disney won't be able to touch on that or even if like if they're just going to like sugarcoat his whole life and not talk about any of like their struggles independent of any of the legal like nonsense that he might have been going through. I think yeah, that I, uh, aside from D or Disney owning Marvel and probably wanting to be a little bit biased and paint it in a good slant, I do think that it being on Disney Plus gives them a little bit more leeway because if I remember right, like there are some Disney Plus documentaries and like survival documentaries and stuff like that that aren't completely PG. Like they're a little bit more adult oriented. I know they try to throw most of their adult programming on like Hulu instead, but I do think that Disney Plus does have at least a handful of more adult documentary style stuff. I, yeah, so I I think I agree tactic that I think it would be nice if it wasn't on Disney Plus. Just, I I would love it for to feel more independent in the sense of them coming in and saying, we're not beholden to Disney or Marvel and how we tell this story and what light we paint him in, right? I'm not saying they're going to find many or even any skeletons in, in this guy's closet, but I don't know. It's also, I think, kind of hard to say that having someone independent would be any better because at the end of the day, Disney is Disney. And if they found out that this documentarian was putting together something that didn't necessarily oh, show... Yeah, they would bury, they'd bury him, they'd bury the project, whatever. So I have a question for both of you guys. So typically, you know, biopics are a really big thing these days. But the first step, there's usually a documentary about somebody's life before they just dive right into a biopic. Do you think that this is the first step towards eventually seeing a Stanley biopic in like the next five, 10 years? And if so, who would you want to play Stanley? I think it, it's it's an interesting question. I think it depends on... There's so much I don't know about his life, and I don't know what drama is contained within, like, how he got Spider-Man to, to, to where he is, right? Like, I, I don't know if, you know, if it was a th- sort of thing where, like, someone didn't want to publish it and he had to work really hard and fight against varying factors, or if it was a, a very linear process. I imagine there's some meat on those bones, but I just, it's hard for me to sit down and think of, okay, what would a Stanley biopic consist of because biopic and and documentary obviously are very different things documentary can you know tell the story of a very linear and not fraught with drama process and it'll still be you know interesting to watch as for who would play him that is a tough one my first thought was ian mckellen but i don't think that i mean i guess it (laughs) depends on i guess it just depends on you know you would probably need a a number of actors to play him because you're probably going to be going through a pretty significant timeline here, you know, from when he started, maybe even to the like MCU cameos point. Yeah, I guess I just don't really know about the what the biopic path looks like. And again, as far as the timeline goes, you know, when do you want when would the meat of the movie be taking place? How old would he need to be? Because, you know, I, I for all I know, like Bradley Cooper would be playing him. All right? it, no, 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 he no. Might be, young, young, it's got to be a nerdy person. Yeah, Zach Woods, all day. Who is that? I think uh, he's the Silicon Valley guy. Oh, uh, and he okay. Played, he, played Gabe, he played Gabe in The Office. He's too I don't tall. Think Stan Lee is that Stan Lee very He's way too short? tall. Well, Zach Woods is also taller than like every person. So I, 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 think, I, I think I actually might have hit on something with Bradley Cooper. Think you know about Stan Lee's hair. 
Bradley Cooper can be nerdy. I think he has it in him. But no, yeah, you know who else would be good? But he already just did a biopic. You're going to say Harry Potter. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe might actually be pretty decent. Like, just because he was able to pull off Weird Al so well. And I'm not saying that Weird Al and Stan Lee are very similar because they're not. But I think, like, the way he was able to personify similar Weird Al. Similar glasses. Yeah, similar, similar glasses. glasses. What about Andrew Garfield? It would be, like, truly poetic. Come on. Also Come too on. tall. Damn it. Too, yeah, too tall and not... Yeah, I, I, Daniel Radcliffe is, is pretty good. I think he's got the correct form factor, for lack of a better word. And I think he can he can he he has the range for nerdiness. I do still think Bradley Cooper has the range for it, but he might be too attractive. No offense to Stanley. Or Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> yeah, no, but this documentary, you know, I, I think... The other thing I'm not sure of is, should this be a documentary series? You know, like, I, it's... Because we had this... I can't remember the name of it. I think it might have just been called Get Back, the Beatles documentary series that was really good. That was like however however long it was. I think it was like a handful of like hour and a half episodes or something. I don't want this. I don't want Stan Lee's contribution to all all the million things he's contributed to to be minimized. Um, Because I'm sure just in terms of archival footage of him doing interviews, there's so much content. Like I watched an old interview clip of him recently talking about one of the things that makes Spider-Man so great is the fact that, you know, his mask... And his costume completely covers him. So any kid, you know, I think the context he was talking about specifically was like their skin color was like any kid can be Spider-Man. Right. And that's part of what made him so popular and accessible. And hearing him talk about that was, well, first of all, very wholesome, but also like it was just it was cool to see him talking about it. So I think there's just so much like that that could go into this. And I'm worried that they're going to like give it an hour and 15 minutes and it's it's not going to be enough you know that's that speech but i remember what you're talking about that needs to be what they open with yeah it's a really yeah you, it's probably been bouncing around the internet for like years and i just happened upon it like a week ago but it's it's a really cool clip and it it, it just kind of demonstrates the the intense level of thought and like not that i didn't think he put any thought into it but like there was some deep and introspective thought about the character design of spider-man specifically that like I just I want to see how that sort of level of thought is applied to all the other characters he had a hand in creating and then kind of the empire he had a hand in creating. Right. Because it seems like it had the fans in mind the entire time. So, yeah, I don't know if it actually said when this is coming out. I Presumably it will be in 2023 sometime, but it will be on Disney Plus. So my contentious relationship with Disney Plus is is sure to continue, I guess, it is is what that really means for the time being. We are going to take a brief pause here. Uh, take a short break but before we do that mr stephen keller still with us here in 2023 and we are very thankful and very grateful for that stephen is a patreon producer on this show uh he supports us at the highest level of our three levels of patreon support and as a result he gets this producer shout out he gets access of course to the monthly secret segment and vlog he gets the occasional guest spot on the show and of course input into the weekly game segment which the clean slate is about to start so i'm I'm reinvested. I feel like that's, that's that's a fair thing to say for me at this point. So, Steven, super cool. Knight, full body armor kind of situation. You want we got to like get Steven. him like a crest or something. He he's earns his own crest at this point. Yeah. Or one of those helmets with like the little slanty eye holes in it. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop some stuff. But, Steven, that is the night level that he is on. We would be remiss if we did not shout that out. But there's also a, a squire level of support which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. And the details and information on all of those levels of support are over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Consider giving back to the show, getting us through 2023 and into 2024 and beyond. 
your support would be much appreciated. We appreciate Stevens and everyone who supported the show. We will take a short break now and come back to talk about Sherlock Holmes. Hi, I'm Kevin DeCristofano. And I'm Sean Flanagan. And we are the Ninja Turtle Nerds, your weekly podcast covering the Ninja Turtle comic book series one issue at a time. Plus the video games, the cartoon show, the VHS tapes. If it's Ninja Turtles, we'll cover it. Ninja Turtle Nerds is available wherever you get your podcast. Okay, public domain. That's a, that's a, that's a fun topic uh, for a podcast, right? Well, look, you know, IP is such as it is. If you want to make a movie about, just as an example, Sherlock Holmes, you need to uh, acquire the right to do so unless the IP enters public domain. So I mentioned uh, the Winnie the Pooh example earlier in the show. It entered public domain and there's a horror movie that's coming out in, I believe, 2023, uh, Blood and Honey, which we've talked about a couple times on the show, I believe. So Sherlock Holmes is, is kind of the, the main one I want to touch on here. There are some other examples of things that are entering public domain in 2023. Fritz Lang's Metropolis, which is an old sci-fi movie I've actually never seen, but it's like supposed to be like a classic. A Franz Kafka book, a Virginia Woolf book. But Sherlock Holmes, I think, is an interesting one because it sounds like we're getting just further access to what, what's being called the Sherlock Holmes casebook, right? So there's a, a couple of, of uh, stories, The Adventure of the Veiled Lodger and The Adventure of the Shoscombe Old Place, joining other stories in the public domain. So the thing I love about this is I was thinking about it, and I'm honestly not sure there's ever been a Sherlock Holmes adaptation that I have not liked. So, you know, I, I don't know that given the, that context, I don't know that there's a high chance of like a new Sherlock Holmes thing coming out, but this provides, you know, existing things like maybe there will be a, th I've, I've heard for years, there's going to be a third Sherlock Holmes, Robert Downey Jr. movie. I would love that. For all we know, Enola Holmes could dip into some of these stories. Benedict Cumberbatch might come back. I think that's very unlikely. But what I want is for existing renditions to kind of pick these these titles up and, and use them no i want a new absolutely coked out one that's what i want coked out yeah like as in sherlock holmes himself is coked out absolutely which for what it's worth i don't, I don't know if this is why you're bringing it up that is actually like the accurate sherlock holmes right that's uh, what i want yeah <laughs> i want uh, a no holds bar coked out sherlock holmes there are so many of these stories. I mean, I I think I got it for Christmas one year as a gift. I have a very large volume of like, I almost, it has to be almost every Sherlock Holmes story. And there are so many good ones that I just, I, I, I think there should be, you know, much like the, the Knives Out and Glass Onion movies. Like, I love a mystery. I think there should be so many more mysteries in terms of movies and maybe even like Netflix shows. Like, I think on, on network television, it's a very, it's still a very popular genre. But those are procedurals and they feel a little bit different. I want straight up mysteries. And uh, I think that I think the table is, is being set properly here. Do you know what I really want? And this is going to be like super specific and probably a little niche. But I want a dark adult animated series of Sherlock Holmes. I'm talking like in the okay. vein of something like, boy, what was that superhero show on Amazon? That Invincible? Was, yes. Something in the vein of Invincible. And I know that this might not get a lot of appeal. But I feel like you might be able to do stuff that you couldn't do with live action. And I think that, especially in like the comic realm, there's just a lot of interesting stuff that you could do with Sherlock Holmes. And I want to see that kind of stuff. Because I don't think there's been like a modern comic with Sherlock Holmes either. And so give me like a adult animation and a comic run series. I want to see that. I would love... 
I would love a comic run. I think that's a really good idea. I, we also need to think about, well, maybe we don't need to think about it, but I want a Sherlock Holmes uh, video game. And I, I know there's at least one. I think we talked about one somewhat recently on the show that may or may not be out yet. But Yeah, I think there's been a couple. But I think that, you know, having the full IP available to video game creators and even now like indie creators who maybe couldn't afford to use that IP before. Like I feel like indie games are some of the more creative games that we've seen. Stuff like Inscription and a lot of the more like story narrative based, like not necessarily graphically intensive, but kind of like I don't want to say point and click, but there's a lot of like RPG detective y type games that could now use this IP that would be really cool. Well and and you, you think about these things as, you know, a, a typical Sherlock Holmes story is a short story that you know think about them as expansion packs or like almost like what games like destiny do where there's seasons and there's different things that come out and you get you could get new mysteries every month or every couple months and there would be so many that they could just constantly be putting new new content out you know i I think the idea of a sherlock holmes kind of living game i i think would be I think this, this cool. is ripe for a telltale game type franchise yeah honestly yeah, yeah telltale or even like disco elysium i know there's a bunch of like lawsuit stuff happening with that whole studio now and i didn't finish the game and i don't know if you guys ever played it but it's a very narrative driven it's all like mostly reading it's a very text-based rpg style game where you're trying to solve a murder mystery and having something like that like that one game of the year up the yin yang back when that came out imagine having like you said a living sherlock holmes version of that game that would be so sweet and you're you're right too i want it i want the scale of it to be indie i want to be able to pick up the switch i don't want to like boot up the ps5 and like have this crazy triple a like graphically but no it doesn't need that right it's it, it should be low-key it should be small scale so you know video game designers if you're listening uh this is just the latest brilliant idea to come out of the online warriors uh, podcast feel free to steal it but at least like give us like a name a character after us or something is that is that is that our going rate right now for good ideas on the show yeah, name a character, name, after, name us? A character after us or have like an underground association or gang or something called the Online Warriors. Maybe not a gang. We don't want like negative connotation, but maybe like, I don't know, mysterious backers of Sherlock Holmes. There you go. Uh, he has, um. oh man, what are they called? Patron? The Baker Street Irregulars. They actually, his, he has like a gang that actually exists. I've read a decent amount of Sherlock Holmes. I like Sherlock Holmes a lot. Honestly, we should, this should be our undertaking for 2023. You should write up a good script. Tactic and I will learn how to code. We'll put together a nice like text-based point-and-click RPG. There we go. Let's do it. Book it. Uh, yeah, some people may not know too, kind of going back to the IP public domain thing. Watson and Moriarty, two very, very, you know, extremely famous characters within the Sherlock Holmes universe were not initially like they they actually entered public domain after other things had entered so there was a period of time what that implies is there was a period of time where sherlock holmes was operating on his own watson was not involved his primary enemy nemesis moriarty was not involved and it's hard to imagine that but there was a time so it seems like it seems like the sherlock holmes considering the breadth and and just how much material there is it seems like it's been eking out somewhat slowly but this is it's also important to note this is the last time it sounds like this it just everything about the character now is fair use and that's the first time that's ever been the case so very exciting uh what 
new Sherlock Holmes material, be it a video game, a new show starring a new person. What do you want to see? Let us know. At Online Warriors 1 is our main show account on Twitter. I'm also at OWLegal86. We have at OWTactic and at OWNerdBomber. Hit us up over there. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk all things Sherlock Holmes, all things Stan Lee, and of course, all things National Treasure. Or just ask us about, I don't know, anything. We're, we're around. Well, speaking of asking about anything, let's move into what are you up to Wednesday? And let's find out what we've all been up to uh, in this. In this, I've, I've seen it referred to as the liminal week. Have you guys heard it referred to, the, referred to that way before? No, but Basically, do tell. You're, I think liminal means like you move, you're moving between states. So from in the time period from Christmas to New Year's. It's obviously, it's, it's different than any other week out of the year. And it feels in a lot of ways like a transition. So with that in mind, Tactic, why don't you lead us off? So there's one I've been waiting to talk to you about. And that is, I have finally, for the first time, and I thought I've seen this before, but I might have not, or I maybe saw it in passing. But I actually sat through it and completed it. Love Actually. First thing I, I want to say. love Love Actually. Not a you, Christmas You movie. say you didn't. Not a Christmas I movie. just d- disagree. Disagree. It Did is, you like it, though? It is, it is a series of parallel love stories in which... That all happen around Christmas time. Yeah, this is like this is like saying Die, die Hard is more of a Christmas movie than Love I disagree. Action, Every way. Hallmark movie that you watch, it's a love story, the, basically, the, that happens yeah, the to Christmas be around rom-com, Christmas. The Christmas rom-com is a bona fide genre, and Love Actually is, is at the forefront of that genre. That's, that's the way I would put it. So it was, it was, a, it was a fine movie... There was only truly one love story that I was actually invested in. The other ones I was just like either that's depressing or upset. Just and I, and I know it's a it's a movie on that there's different kinds of love and you know everything is in a fairy tale and it I can get go right that. and it can go wrong. I get yeah. that, but like man, I don't want. To like the 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 girl who like her love yeah. story is just her brother. Ah, that's so yeah. heavy. That's so sad and heavy. And like I don't want that in my Christmas holiday cheer. There are some emotionally devastating sequences in that movie, and I think that's part of what uh, what makes it great. I get your point, but also Alan Rickman, pretty good in that movie. Also, yeah, Alan, Alan Rickman, Rickman was a terrible jerk. person. Jerk. And yeah, he's su- in that he movie. In that movie, Nerd Bomber. Was this your first time seeing it as well? No, I've seen it before. I really enjoyed because he he would keep pausing it and he'd be like, "Are we supposed to hate everybody in this movie? Like, are they all <laughs> supposed to be terrible people?" And Definitely like, you're just, not. You're just gonna have to watch and see. Also, the little boy yeah. reminds me of you, and I don't know why. Like, was that, that uh, you as a kid? Were you him? Were you the little boy? Um, well, I, I wasn't British. Are you sure? But like personality-wise, that was you, right? I would need to go back and look. I don't know if I was quite as... I don't even know what the word is. Articulate? precocious. Oh, I was I was probably around that articulate. Because, yeah, he's quite articulate. I think I might have been like him. Yeah, Just, again, that's without, you. without the Britishness. Little illegal. If you guys want to know what he was like, check out Love Actually. Great movie. So, finally watched that. The other thing that I want to mention is... Shout out to Nerd Bomber. Because right now... My lower back and ass feel fantastic. So for the longest time, the setup in our recording studio, nice desk, multiple monitors, we have the mixer, all of that's legit. But I refuse to buy myself a nice chair. And I literally have had like the crappy folding chair that like after sitting for any amount of time, 
you need to like lay flat on the hard floor to make your back feel some semblance of good. And for Christmas, whew, I got myself a nice little office chair and it is it is fantastic. And I say off it's not a gamer chair. It's it's an office chair which like Well, there is a specific reason. So like I have a, you know, the leather gaming chair and I know Tactic has used it and to like play video games or something and he gets very intense and sweaty. So when I was shopping for this chair, I was like, leather gaming chair, you know, it looks cool, but he needs that breathable mesh. And yeah. you can only get that out of an office chair. You get a hot ass. I wish you would have just said, because you started this with shout out to Nerd Bomber because my lower back and ass feel great right now. And you should have just given no explanation. But <laughs> like, it's not about oh, okay. heat. It's not about heat right now. It's it's literally about support, lumbar support and like it not falling asleep like my butt literally fell asleep in the other chair so this is fantastic i'm living the dream as they say those are my updates it's great great to hear uh nerd bomber we'll keep the party going with you so i have continued to play a lot of god of war ragnarok whenever we've had any spare time that's usually what i've been doing so it's it's good guys it's really good it's like it's taking up all of my mental free space i feel like i've talked about this every week for the last few weeks but i think the last couple weeks i said it was a little bit more of the same with you know in terms of comparing it to the original god of war from what 2018 i mean i know that's not the original but like the remake one but it's not and i don't want to spoil anything or give anything away but the farther into the game you get it definitely becomes more varied in terms of gameplay and what you should expect. And it's just, it's so good. The story is so good. Even like right now, I think I've, because it gives you, you know, the counter of how long you've been playing the game. And I think I'm like 24 hours in. And I think, you know, various how long to beat records are like anywhere from 30 to like 48 hours. I'm doing every side mission. Every side mission is like fun. I know in a lot of games, like side missions kind of feel like fetch quests or whatnot, but like there's stuff that really adds to the story when you're doing the side missions and there's like, it feels meaningful. It doesn't feel like you're just doing stuff to do stuff. Like you're learning about the characters, you're learning about the lore of the world and they're different enough. Like there's puzzles that you have to solve. It's not just like, you know, busy work and I'm having a lot of fun. It's really great. And that and just like enjoying time off. We did, there was one other Christmas movie and I know like the holiday season's kind of over, but we watched uh, Your Christmas or Mine and that is an Amazon original. It's got Asa Butterfield in it. It's on Amazon. I said that already, but the premise here is that this couple, they basically, it's kind of like a, a missed meeting sort of thing where they both get on trains to go to their own home for the holidays and then right before their trains take off they both decide i'm gonna hop on the other person's train to surprise them and go home with them for christmas so obviously they miss each other and they end up going to each other's family's house for christmas without the other and uh, there's like shenanigans heartfeltness miscommunication sort of stuff like it's not by any means like a top tier movie but if you're looking for one of those just kind of feel good christmas movies it was a pretty good one and it's british so uh yeah British Christmas. Uh, look, British British people can do Christmas movies correctly. I think uh, we we can just kind of make that determination. Well, great, great to hear. I do not have much of an update myself. Uh, I spent the past five days traveling, so I just want to shout out a couple of the things that I did. I want to generally shout out the city of Baltimore 
which I've been to a couple of times. If you're a listener from Baltimore, hit me up on hit me up on Twitter. You you live in a great place. I had a fantastic time there attending a, a wedding for a friend, during which uh, the bachelor party kind of was directly a, adjacent to it. Uh, it was a couple of days before. Have you guys? Are you familiar with Top Golf? Or yes, do you sir. know? So we did. We actually were supposed to do like the actual Top Golf, but we wound up just doing one of those like simulator room things. Super super fun. I'm terrible at golf. But it was a lot of fun. If you're interested in that sort of thing, I would try. They have like they have like zombie dodgeball. It's not just golf. Like any sport you could think of, and then some random stuff. And then also tried axe throwing for the first time, which is I think fairly popular these days. And I found out just how terrible I am at it. I mean, just brutally bad. I can't even describe to you how bad I am. You would be a good throwing. Viking. Well, it was you know it was one of those things where uh, we had like a, a she called herself a coach. Um, to, to, in my opinion, there's only so much coaching you can do for something like axe throwing. So she would be like, I'd throw one and she'd be like, okay, maybe try standing a little bit closer. And then she'd be like, okay, let the axe do more of the work. Don't throw it so hard. And keep I'm going to tell you like the best that. advice that someone told me for axe probably, throwing she, she, or knife throwing or whatever. If you throw it the same way every time, okay, it's going to rotate the same way every time. And your distance from the target is the only factor then at that point that drives when the point hits the wood. Yes, I'm sure you're right about that. And, and so, I if have, you're consistent, I, 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 then you can you can easily adjust your distance to hit it every time. But what if you're See, in man, like an axe throwing place and you only have a small little area to move around in? Yeah, I, I, I made this conclusion myself because the backing that out from the physics is like, not that not that complicated i feel like but it just knowing that did not there was no knowledge that helped me so like when i was there i probably threw an axe around 50 times or something like that and i would say after the 10th time she stopped trying to give me advice because she was like i just i can't help this guy this guy sucks it was very fun i would definitely do it again but it was uh it was also a unique experience for me in the sense that i don't usually i was an axe throwing bar guys there's beer there Okay, it was a bachelor party, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Peanut butter stout. Tried one of those for the first time. Really enjoyed that. So, shout out to peanut butter stouts in addition to to axe throwing. And then I've lost my voice, apparently, or I'm in the process of losing my voice. So, uh, new year, new me. Going to be getting my voice back. Hoping to start exercising again (laughs) now that, like, the onslaught of December unhealthiness is is past us. And uh, we'll be moving on from there. I also got Returnal as a gift, so updates on that to come. Haven't started it yet, but that'll be on the docket for sure. Nerd Bomber, you have the you have the immense honor of kicking us off this year. Everyone is now zero and zero. The slate is clean. I might not be in last after this. We'll see. So, so we're go going ahead, take to away. rock this new year in with some Ryan Seacrest trivia. Did you see what I did there? Did you see what I did there? <laughs> is he the is he the New Year's Rock and Eve guy? Yes, now? he is. I miss Dick Clark, but go on. So obviously, other than New Year's Rock and Eve, Ryan Seacrest became a household name in part because of his hosting gig on American Idol. So before I ask this question, just a reminder to anybody who might be joining us for the first time this new year, the way that these trivia games are played is kind of Price is Right style. You have to numerically get as close as possible to the answer without going over. How many episodes and specials of American Idol has he appeared on? And this is according to IMDb. I verified. Can I get the advantage of Technic going first since yes. I was so bad last year? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. 
This was 300 and... No, no, no. 452 episodes. That's a strong guess. It has to be more than that. I'm going to use my plus one right away and say 453. And you use that plus one to great effect. The show has been on for double digit seasons and there have been 604 episodes of which he has hosted. So congratulations. You started off the new year with a bang with the first point. Now, according to IMDb as well, how much was Ryan Seacrest's salary for that first season of American Idol? Not not a lot. I'm going to say I'm going to say sixty five thousand dollars. I'm going to say sixty six thousand dollars. You've both used your D- plus one. Does that ones. count as a plus one? I think okay, it does. Yeah, that counts as a plus one. You've both used your plus ones here. And Tactic, again, used it to great effect. Ryan Seacrest did make a pretty penny. I mean, $5 million is nothing to laugh at. He made $5 million for that first season. His salary, however, did since grow as he continued to host further into the series. Why did they pay him so much? He, no one even knew what he, what he was. I think point. he was on the radio by that point. He had taken I over. I didn't even for, know he was on the radio. <laughs> yeah, he's on air with Ryan Seacrest. He took over like the top 40 countdown from Casey Kasem. Oh, oh I didn't know that. Yeah. Hey, hey, good for him. Sounds like he's extremely rich and sounds like we're tied at one. Speaking of being extremely rich, in 2006, Ryan Seacrest actually bought Kevin Costner's house. How much did he pay for it, according to reports from the LA Times? This was a four and a half. No, this was a seven and a half million dollar home. That's a strong guess, but it's got to be more than that. We're talking the Dances with Wolves guy here. Twelve and a half million. Ooh, Illegal was very close, but you busted, buddy. It was $11.5 million. Don't don't buddy me. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Technic takes the lead. I'm already getting buddied, and it's the first quiz of the year. (laughs) It's never a good sign. Hey, there's two questions left. You can still come back from this. So Ryan Seacrest also started his own production company. So he's not just a host. He actually is a producer now, and he actually overseas and is the executive producer on shows like keeping up with the kardashians and shades oh, of blue he's the yeah yeah so how many total producer credits does ryan seacrest have currently like how many shows has he been involved with uh, oh boy it's 37 did you say 37 i did yeah no this is more than that this is 46 tactic gets this one 57 shows Not all of them have been long-lasting. Some of them have only run for a short season, but he has been involved with the production of 57 shows. I don't want to be on this show anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Technic has unfortunately won. I'm so... Well, fortunately for him, unfortunately for Illegal's losing streak. But I do have one more question that I really want to get to. No, he could still tie it up. It's not... No, it's three to one. Don't play well with me. And this is probably my favorite question. So back in the day on his radio show, Ryan Seacrest told a story about how he was actually once bitten by a shark while on vacation in Mexico. In what year did this shark bite occur? Oh, am I first? No, Tactic is first. Boy, I was really excited to answer. This was in 2002, I remember. Oh no, it's way earlier than that. Sounds like when he was a kid. Uh, We're going Jesus times. Tactic gets it. He almost had the clean sweep here. 2008. I said back in the day, I kind of buried the lead on that one. I'm very sorry if I misled you. but uh, I literally was going to guess like 1973. So yeah, I would have gotten that way wrong. All right. Well, Tactic's a Seacrest boy. I accept the L. Starting off, boy, so far, so far, 2020, 2023 is feeling a lot like 2022. Tactic goes to 1-0. I go to 0-1. Next, next week, Tactic will be uh, constructing a quiz for Nerd Bomber and myself. And uh, until then, we will leave you to 
your 2023 resolutions and and uh, good vibes only uh, we would encourage you to go to apple Podcasts, leave us a review there uh, drop us a line on twitter at the handles we mentioned and consider giving back on patreon patreon.com slash online warriors podcast we thank you so much for listening it's going to be a great year here at the online warriors and just to prove that we'll let tactic take us out with a tech tip tech tips were so 2022 so i'm gonna put a pin in this one and say we're gonna come at you with something fresh next show all right the hype has been built you know what to be excited for next week we'll see you then